0: been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats.
1: He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. I'm going to tell you what the idea is right now. This Monday. It's a special Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday. Oh, Monday it's a Mrs. Miller Monday.
0: So good to oh, me. my ears. <laughs> I didn't and see it coming. <laughs> it was all. Oh, I it was a little piercing day. there. Oh, yes. oh Monday, Monday. Did you do a shore visit for a cheap pharmaceuticals in Mexico?
1: <laughs> I went looking for Cuban cigars, but I couldn't find the uh, actual Havana outlet. <laughs> uh, I, I had gone there before on a previous all these All these pastors in their 60s looking for their little blue pill at discount gosh, You <laughs> should see the Viagra signs. They're hilarious. <laughs> I, I can't even describe them on uh, in public. Please but, don't. Uh, We'd have
0: to issue a homeschooler yeah, alert. Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert.
1: Just for a moment here, Life Against Death, 1985 psychology book, Norman Oliver Brown. He quotes Luther, I am a ripe shard and the world is a gaping
0: anus. <laughs> does he have a reference? I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> Secondary source, dude. Shard. <laughs> oh, man.
1: I, I think that's a, a mistranslation. Yeah, I th- Yeah, something, you know. <laughs> Well, here it is in Time Magazine. Well. I am like a ripe stool in the world's straining anus. And at any moment, moment, we are about to let go of each other.
0: Now, do you notice how how this quote keeps changing? You know what, though? the the gist of it's the same the, well the gist is the same but you know it, it's suspicious i'm still looking for context all right well. uh, and so and and you know what we have we have some people who listen to this podcast with way too much time on their hands someone look that up for me look what it up okay G- give us some citations to first sources we need you know it's like the sin boldly thing you know, it it's not nearly as much fun when you read the whole right. the, the yeah. whole paragraph. Yeah. Um but but I need I the straining anus. That's <laughs> <laughs> we need we need the Luther straining anus. Um,
1: Only on the God Whispers do you get this kind of quality my quality talk
0: here. You know. You don't hear the early church fathers talk like this.
1: They were they you know what? They were really prudes. Think they were wound a little guys. tight? Yeah. Yes. Well, Paul had a. You know, speaking Paul, of, had a little bit of a potty mouth. The, Quickly, I will stand vindicated right now. Volume fifty-four, page four
0: forty-eight. Volume fifty-four, the American edition of yes. Luther's works. Yes. Page I, what?
1: I am a ripe stool, and the world is a gigantic anus.
0: Now the anus is gigantic. It was straining in time. We're about to let go of each other. So it's a little less Uh, constipated in this edition. (laughs) It was straining
1: before. Volume 54, 448.
0: I stand vindicated, sir. Awesome. Oh, (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Once again. Yeah, this is good music while we're calling up. so
1: we we can uh, we can get started on this with
0: Tiny sure. Tim in the background. Well, I think I think we should we should probably first, in case people haven't heard, uh, you are not familiar with the term <laughs> <laughs> tulip. <laughs> I'm not sure I can do this. Um, Man up, Swirla. Tulip. <laughs> That's really tough to say <laughs> with this going on. Tulip. It's an acronym for Total Depravity. T. Also, uh, total inability or what we might call <laughs> original sin. Uh, U is unconditional election. Right. <laughs> L is limited atonement or particular atonement. In other words, right. some but not all. <laughs> That's your favorite. My favorite. I'm doing a little soft shoe in my chair. That's right. I stands for irresistible grace. Which show? We got a lot to say on that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, voice cracked a little. (laughs) And P for the final perseverance of the saints, uh, meaning once saved, always
1: saved. (laughs) I'm wondering how many people have approached the subject with Tiny Tim in the
0: background. <laughs> we've, we've broken new theological ground. <laughs> Tulip. Loving you's like fried bacon necking.
1: We haven't given bacon its due diligence lately. You turned down my squeal like a pig. Oh, go ahead. Knock yourself out.
0: Squeal like a pig for me. There you like go. Bacon naked. <laughs> <And that's laughs> <Sourless> favorite part. You <laughs> cracks me up every time.
1: You know, you, you know I often God, will go God. to Swirless Church and yell that in the middle of his <laughs> sermons.
0: You know, you suck. That really is distracting. I got I to, gotta, you know, you're trying to <laughs> preach. <laughs> I don't need that kind of heckling. You know, this is this <laughs> is like the comedy shack. You know? you know.
1: Now that would be a good time. Get liquored up, go to a mega church, and heckle the preacher.
0: Yeah. Let's get to Rick Warrens and see how long we last down there. So, so he tells me you and I'd be ejected from Rick Warren's compound in about five minutes. In the time. It's the enigma that is the Anglican Church. Well, that's true. You have a druid in charge. What do you want? Well, he just looks like a druid. He's not yeah, he's a...
1: he's a self-proclaimed druid.
0: What? Yeah. The when, Archbishop when, of Canterbury yeah, is when, a... Yeah, when he
1: was installed, there was an article on him, and he was a self-proclaimed druid. Wait Check a minute. Check it out. Google.
0: He is. See? I told you. <laughs> he's... he. <laughs> Donald I thought he just looked like the architect of Stonehenge. No, he actually built Stonehenge. So it's hard Here to it is, Monday, 5th of August, 2002, from the BBC News World Edition. The new Archbishop of Canterbury has been inducted as a druid in a centuries-old Celtic ceremony. Dr. Rowan Williams, the current Archbishop of Wales, said that he had been, quote, saddened, unquote, by the misrepresentations about the ceremony, which sparked concerns about pagan links. I thought he just looked like a druid. <laughs> He's a druid! He <laughs> really, some people have reached <laughs> the wrong conclusion about the ceremony, he said. Hmm. If people had actually looked at the words of the hymns and texts used, they would have seen a very Christian service. Uh... (laughs) Okay. The, the Druids embraced Christ somewhere along the way? What? Dr. Williams became a member of the highest of the three orders of the Gorsed of Bards, a 1,300-strong circle of Wales' key cultural contributors, in a ceremony at this year's national Icedaford, Icedafod, Icedafod, Iced, Iced, uh, whatever, celebration of Welsh culture at St. David's, Pembrokeshire. <laughs> That's like Worcestershire. It's hard to say right. that. The or cer- as they say in, in Massachusetts, Worcester. The, the ceremony, which took more than an hour, started the procession from the main Estedfod pavilion to a circle of stones on the edge of the site. Dr. Williams, 52, wore—now, he's 52 back in 2002, so that would make him 61 at the uh, moment—wore a long white cloak without any headdress as he arrived at the back of the procession. The actual ceremony started with a trumpet fanfare and a partial sheathing and unsheathing of a six-foot, six-inch sword. That's a big one. (laughs) Six-foot, six-inch sword. That's a big one. Partial.
1: Sheathing and unsheathing. Well, whose arms are that long, really? Hymns.
0: Think about it, trying to draw. Hymns and poems were said in Welsh before around 50 people were made druids. Dr. Williams was given the bardic name of Ap Anuri, which he chose partly after a sixth century Welsh poet and partly after Anurin Bevan, one of his personal heroes and the architect of the National Health Service. There's a druid in charge of the national health. This is why you don't want to nationalize health care. I'm telling you, the druids take over.
1: Well, the, the <laughs> they make you stand uh, in the center of a bunch of large stones and uh, whatever else you will go away. The Reverend, Reverend
0: Angus, Smith. Angus McClee. <laughs> you got to love any guy named Angus McClee. Well, we have an Angus Maneuge. Right. Yeah. Who is on the steering committee of the Evangelical Reform Group told BBC Radio 4's today, programmy, that's P R O G R A M M E, programmy, um, the ceremony certainly looks pagan. The circle of stones it's a dead giveaway. The archbishop designate needs to consider what will other people, non-Welsh members of the Anglican community think he is doing. What indeed? How it will help African bishops and pastors seeking to draw people away from paganism to follow Christ when they see him involved in this sort of activity? But <laughs> But Elfin Lewid Plaid, Kimru, MP, and a member of the Gorset of Bards himself said that the group clearly wasn't a pagan organization. It's simply a matter of quaint induction. And then the blood sacrifice. For for assisting the development of Welsh language and culture. See, it's all a cultural thing. That's right. After all, it is a way, it is in a way akin to a Welsh honor system, but devoid of any Patronage—it's kind of like the Masons, I suppose. The Druids, <laughs> the, the Gorsed recorders, Yams Nicholas—they have some weird-ass names here. Said any reports of links to paganism were "quote-unquote" nonsense. The Gorsed ceremonies are entirely Christian in tone. Christian hymns are sung, <laughs> and the prayers are made to God. He said, "God, generic." <laughs> Could be uh, what god? Oh, that doesn't
1: matter. And, and, and,
0: and there he is. They, we've got former Welsh Secretary Ron Davies, who is also a druid, walking around with a white robe and what appears to be a white kind of doily or towel on his head. Mm-hmm. Elfin Lewid plaid Kimru. When will you stop doubting me? <laughs>
1: When I say when I say crazy stuff, when will you stop doubting me? You know,
0: I mean, I thought I thought the crazier it is, the more true it is. I thought you pulled one out of your rear end. Not at all. I remember this, and here it is: Rowan Williams, Druid. I am a font of stupid knowledge, (laughs) which (laughs) not even useless, just stupid knowledge. That was that was a stellar (laughs) moment, right? I even forgot what we were going to talk about. (laughs) You know, you're going on vacation. Where Are you
1: going to Hawaii? No, no, no. I'm just going on a little cruise. A cruise? Yeah. You're cruising. Yeah, Steve and I, your dive buddy and I are, are going. Lounge. Yeah. Keep on the boat. Yeah. I mean, he's you know he's a scuba diver, so he right. may want to hide, just hop off the boat. You well, know? He's talking about bringing his wetsuit. <laughs> oh, good grief. And uh, doing some snorkeling. Oh, so. please, like, no. Dude, wait. You're going to pack like a
0: steamer truck. Yeah, right. Is, yeah. Is no. A no, cruise. no, 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 no. Yeah, no. It's it's a cheap... Uh, well, it's just you and Steve or is Paula going...
1: <laughs> no, Paula can't take the time off. No,
0: wait, 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 wait. I, I
1: wanted to use up my vacation for wait, the year. This, I'm, I'm like three
0: weeks short I of using want a schooler alert right here, right now. <laughs> the love. Boat. <laughs> the following
1: segment contains a home <laughs> So, look, I've got like two or three weeks of vacation left Wait. for the year, and I want to take some of it. Holy
0: mackerel. Because
1: I, I haven't had enough vacation for the year, and Steve wants to take a break, okay. and Polly can't get any this time is, off. This so. is
0: too many revelations in one God Whispers episode. I need a break. First, I find out. Rowan Williams is a Druid. <laughs> Second, you and my dive buddy are going on a cruise together. The following segment. Squail like a pig for me. That's just too much. Inquire no Yeah, yeah I, I think we're going to leave it right there.
1: That's great. Yeah. So it's it's just to where are you going to, um,
0: Steve? <laughs>
1: Catalina and Sonata, and then circling the ocean for a day, and then coming back. Oh my goodness! So yeah, it's just an excuse to eat good food, drink good wine, and chill, read a book, or whatever. (laughs) (sighs) There will be no Elka activities going on. (laughs)
0: Jeez! You may be changing church bodies. You have Elka dirty mind. I swear. You speak in tongues. Go ahead. I bet you could do it right here. In No, I'm not honest. that tongue. No, I've heard you.
1: I've heard <laughs> oh, you. The, the uh, oh yeah, my heavenly language. Yeah. Bottom Mazda, shoot about a
0: Honda. There you are, yeah. right? There. <laughs> that gives me the creeps. Yeah, my heavenly language. <laughs> so the the other thing is they they make this thing the normative experience this, this is what you test all christians against this 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 being able to say a hundred yeah <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, lastly, it's it's all a sacramental. Baptism means nothing. Lord's Supper means nothing. The printed, the 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 printed and preached word means nothing. It's all about being able to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at that. It scares me. It's the accent at the end. Yeah, it it's does. Special. It, yeah. <laughs> 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 what does that mean? Cheeseburgers and a
1: Coke? Or? It means I bought a Mazda. I know. I <laughs> should have bought a Honda. That's what it means. In um,
0: my heavenly language. That's you know, funny. when it comes to heterodoxy, uh, I, res- I have a softer spot in my heart, I must confess, for the heterodox that have the sacraments. It's just, I, its call me strange, it's just the way it is. But once you abandon the sacraments and you put it in its place, people going around chattering. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> You're off the map for me. <laughs> now, I had
1: a big argument with Jasa when he was my vicar uh, because we were talking about this sort of thing. And I said, look, you know, if it suits God's purposes, a monkey will fly out of my butt. He said, no, oh, it won't. No, A monkey will not ever fly. And I said, do no. not tempt God. I shouldn't have used that example, right? <laughs> what a horrible example. Yeah. But but if it suits <laughs> God's monkey. purposes, whatever. You know, I mean, if, if it suits God's a purposes, the, the dead will be raised. If it suits God's purposes... The lame will be healed. If it suits God's purposes. That's so unnatural. Swirla will say, bought a Mazda, should have bought a Honda. If it suits <laughs> God's purposes, a monkey will fly out of my butt. And he's insisting that it wouldn't. And I, I really regretted that because now I live in fear. Of I, monkeys?
0: I live in fear of monkeys coming out. That's, <laughs> but, well, you that's, had a colonoscopy. They've looked up. There's nothing going on up there. Right now. No. <laughs> right now. But
1: you never know tomorrow. That's that's what I'm saying. Monkey. Yeah, Monkey. It was a Wayne's World thing, and, and it stuck in my oh, head. Oh wow! And, you know, I mean, it's, it's left a real bad image in my head. Yeah, yeah. I might give birth to a monkey. Mm. I, I don't, hope it's a winged flying monkey like in, in <laughs> the
0: Wizard of Oz. But see, those are cool. I, I think your illustration exceeds the the, the sort of the, the boundaries of what is properly biblically a sign slash wonder or <laughs> or a miracle. Uh, because so that's th- not a miracle. No, it's unnatural. Oh, what should my wondering eyes with uh, should appear. <laughs> but- the, the, the but the breast of the breast Virgin. Is here. No, I, I'm. I'm. I, I was looking. I was looking for uh, n- new Christmas art. It for was our, the night before Christmas? Oh, all through the house. I was looking for new Christmas art for um, our Christmas Eve you service. Throw
1: that out there. That'd be interesting.
0: And and I'm, so I, I I I googled you know Google Images. I googled Durer Nativity. And I get the usual. You know, he's got a couple of them. The one is really impressive. It's got the manger with a very prominent cross looming over the cradle. You know, neither crib nor cross refuses all he suffers for your good. It's great stuff. And then what should I What should I see but, but a doer woodcut with the virgin breastfeeding Jesus? And I say, this is not going to fly. I mean, I'm going to get letters. Oh, there it is. The women's Bible study is going to boycott. Boink, there it
1: is. Boink, there it is, is right. Oh, he's got a mouthful. I wrote a note to Betsy Nagel the other day <laughs> thanking her for the words. Do you know she's husband. on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I wrote her the note. And, and, and she goes and, and, and I, I told her that I was one Donna of Frio? one of Nagel's one of Norman's students yeah. and that I'm I'm so grateful for yeah. her. Did you graduate when, when he told me? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I doubt that Doctor Nagel would even remember me. No, but yeah. you, you actually, know.
0: he probably would. Oh, I don't know. Norman would. Nor- Norman. You Norman think? remembered. Yeah, I, I, I think the ones that, unless you said something really dumb in his class on a consistent basis, then you would have probably been purged from his memory. Uh, kind of the way you know, in the parables, I never knew you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, but but you're you're gospel enough.
1: Well, I I did actually, as I was writing a paper, did you ever get I an O him... splendid? Uh, I got a, a couple of bang-ons from him. Oh, see, he remembers. And, you. and a jolly good or two. Oh,
0: see, now nah, you're in. Yeah. You're
1: you're yeah. See, you're a list. Well, well, and then I also did get a oh horror! You must repent of that immediately. Oh, see, that <laughs> you, you don't want to get too many of those.
0: I should be like a
1: so, Craig, you want to talk about the circumcision of our Lord? Uh, circumcision makes me nervous, and rightfully so. <laughs> 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 uh, I'll never forget uh, Dr. Brighton Uh bless man
0: <laughs> He was one of the most earthy Professors there ever was I could just hear him Men, men Circumcision in the foreskin of your flesh It's a sign of the covenant Yeah Sign of the covenant Every time that Abraham took a leak He remembered the covenant or as Corby I think put it as you know, God puts the sign at the procreation point.
1: <laughs> well that's a little bit a little bit more tame than uh than than uh, Oh every oh, time that, every time that Abraham and Sarah had sex. <clears throat> is that the that? No, he he pretty much said a uh uh, no self-respecting, Jew would oh, no, 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 put no, his sign of the don't, covenant don't, in don't, another don't, man's, don't, mm, no, you know? <laughs> don't
0: say that. Oh, gosh. I didn't see that coming. I, I, oh, I, I didn't
1: say it, but oh. you get the
0: idea. Oh. No. Is that your new favorite hymn? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it was, it was on my mind, so I had to play it. It's, but, it's like an itch that I needed to have scratched. It just can't
1: compare to this one, though.
0: See, there's something wrong with that In fact, juxtaposed Jesus is a friend of mine Oh, no, not not
1: Jesus is a friend of mine
0: <laughs> All right. That's no that. <laughs> the, 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 the Chris Lemker, Brian Yamami collaboration that should never be. The you beautiful know? thing. Wow. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <That> was, <yeah. laughs> Man. That, that that was just that was just rude to even bring. The, how could you do that?
1: Well, we are you, the God Whispers. We we were recently deemed disturbing
0: yet compelling radio. <laughs> well, there's an example right there. Good gravy. I can't solemnize weddings in Canada, but uh, is
1: that? Because you speak out against gay marriage, is that? Okay? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: No, actually, the because the wedding was heterosexual. Oh, you know, that's it was, why. Yeah. wasn't recognized by the government. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get an exemption. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, it's kind of interesting. It had it in a, a little, a little, um, a little country Anglican church, hmm. and the, uh, the the local priest was there, uh, Ron. Ron the priest. Ron priest Ron. Father Ron. Nice guy. Yeah. Um was his boyfriend there? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Ron, Ron actually Ron Ron was a dead ringer for um um who's the comedian? Um Oh, man, the name slips me now. Shoot. Who's 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 the comedian? Uh, uh Dead Poet Society. Uh Robin Williams. Dead ringer for Robin Williams. Wow. In fact, when the movie about You know, Father Ron comes out. The part, his part, will be played by Robin Williams. (laughs) It was an uncanny resemblance to Robin Williams, but but uh, a nice guy. Uh, Liberals all get go, but 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 uh, but nice. And so it was one of those great conversations in his uh, in his study. You know, here he is, and and get this now. You'll love this. He heard of the God whispers. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, right. He knew about it. What the
1: what's, what's, how many listeners do we have?
0: You know, and we had this great conversation about gay marriage and, and women's ordination and liberalism, conservatism, blah blah blah. And and it was one of those great moments where where you could tell that there was like this 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 respect. And you could tell it was like he was listening. And he stayed for the wedding, too. He wanted to hear the homily and and, Uh and stuff. But but there was this respect for... It's like wow, somebody who still believes something fervently. You know, he was he was like kind of you could you could see him almost he, he, almost remembering the I, days. I thought you people were extinct. Yeah, well, it was like he, he had this look like he uh, like somebody who's just discovered an extinct flower or animal, <laughs> and 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 he was getting he looked a little teary eyed. There, it was, it was, my goodness, somebody who still thinks that like the scriptures have authority. You know, and and it wasn't in a quaint way. It was it was almost nostalgic for him. I you think. Know, you say you want to give me you know I ran into Professor jeff Gibbs uh from the he and i were he he and i were the uh the two speakers at this conference oh, you're in good company, yeah, well he was I did death, he did resurrection nice. How apropos yeah you say, but it was funny. I usually think about killing myself when I talk to you so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've that. driven people to the brink many a time <laughs> but, but uh, we're talking, and it was funny because <laughs> he says he says oh yeah he says, I've listened to your show." <laughs> And I said, "Yeah, the God Whispers." You listen to our show. Did you he's, apologize? And he says, "Yeah, I listened to it once or twice, and then it got eerily silent." <laughs> <laughs> the I don't approve. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know how those, these professors get that kind of that that kind of that scolding look, like when you didn't have your footnotes in order. Or now I couldn't like. imagine Gibbs being like. That. And I, I looked at him. I said, "He's a very gracious guy." I said, "The show's not for you." <laughs>
1: A remarkable aspect of Mrs. Miller's music was her famous ice whistling technique. Ice whistling. She would hold a piece of ice in her mouth for 20 minutes before performing in order to achieve a good tight pucker. (laughs) Bill, what do you attribute your good tight pucker to?
0: I've tried many things. I haven't tried 20 minutes of ice for that good tight pucker. (laughs)
1: You know, this song I I have a hard time with this song anymore Uh A friend of mine whose wife was pregnant was suffering greatly with hemorrhoids and she started talking about this song and she said it's it's the ring of fire and now every time i hear this song i can't help but thinking about a pregnant woman (laughs) with hemorrhoids struggling with hemorrhoids yeah (laughs) that's just great (laughs) yeah thanks a lot why do you have to come you know, one of, one of the things that I've had a problem with lately is I've been cooking with bacon. <laughs> Constipation.
0: It no, no, no. I... it's all these meat products you've been eating in Lent. No, no, I I poop Lent. Like Lent's champ, man. I...
1: <laughs> and I'm home. Everything seems to be right.
0: You know, I was talking to a guy just yesterday, as a matter of fact, who who said he likes this show a lot because he said you can do other things while listening. To this. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he described it as it's kind of like having uh, two two of your your friends sitting in your living room, just kind of talking about stuff, and uh, and and you don't really have to pay close attention. If it gets interesting, you just kind of tune in. So nice to know that's that's where we're at.
1: It's interesting. You look at uh, Katie Luther, and and by today's standards, not a great looking gal, but for those standards. She was a bit of a looker, you she know' was de- not bad
0: it depends what his what... mom not good oh, not good yeah but but like all ethnic mothers they they deteriorate <clears throat> with age you keep saying. Now you 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 ignited the, the the your your back hairs once didn't you chest hairs chest hair chest hair oh I thought it was your back hair no, that no, you ignited no no no
1: <laughs> I've got a forest going on in the chest yeah
0: well, it interfered with the X ray right they have <laughs> fourth of July his chest hair is radio uh, what was this? opaque
1: about, about 1992 I guess uh, at my parents' house and. Uh, All the guys were over, and we were drinking and swimming. It got a little uh, crazy there. Were there women involved, too? Uh, There were women there, and I I lit my chest on fire and then jumped (laughs) in the pool.
0: Something you call love but
1: How old was Adam when God created him? Yeah, he was created mature. Did he have a belly button? (laughs) That's a good one. That's beside the point. Why do men have nipples? (laughs) That's a whole other question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, that... But yeah, now that i mean, you it's, mention it's it's that, I'm disturbed by that just thinking about it.
1: About belly buttons?
0: Nipples. Oh. Men with nipples. <laughs> I had mine removed surgically, well, uh, but
1: that's, you know. <laughs> you better messin' where you shouldn't have been a
0: messin'. Do you clear your sinuses in the shower? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, yes, I do. I love that. Yes, I do. Do you, do you pee in the shower? Inquire in no more, you feral beast. <laughs> <laughs> we are forever indebted to Hans. Hans Feeney for that. Hans, if Hans never does another thing, just inquire no more, you feral beast. That line lives. In immorality. It's Dunlop's disease of the eye. Have you had this all is. your life, or is this due to bad living uh, when you were a teenager? <laughs> it was bad teenage it wasn't habits. Diagnosed until I about told you years this ago. would happen.
1: <laughs> I shaved my palm this morning. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> still Still waiting the results of those x rays. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, that could be doomed, you know. We might have bad news by, here on the God whispers. By the time that this show airs, I could well Craig, be <laughs> Craig, 6 feet under. Craig's got <laughs> Craig's got 4 weeks to live. Ascension to heaven. Man, if you know, if you're down to 4 weeks, we're recording like crazy. I don't care. We'll record a year's worth of episodes. We'll, we'll
1: do a death and dying episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good. You want, we should do that. Anyway. Special
0: deathbed edition. Death <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Bill. We had, we had we had the barbecue edition. That man, that'd be
1: podcast history right there. Or you, the, well, the wake edition. The if wake. Either, if either one of us goes, oh, we got to have the wake yeah.
0: edition. <laughs> I, I'm decreeing it in my will. Are you kidding? I want a God whispers episode recorded at my wake. <laughs> I love it. God's own child, I gladly say it. It's a confession out of one's baptism. Uh, You don't often hear that in contemporary hymnody. That tends to be rather asacramental. You don't don't hear uh, references to baptism as being your principal identity as a Christian. Hmm. Uh, Nor do you hear uh, references to the Lord's Supper as being your principal way in which you commune with Christ either. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the sacramental aspect is really missing in a lot of contemporary stuff. Recently introduced by our pastor. Okay. During the communion service, he communes himself. <laughs> is this proper? Wow. Yes, it is. Now, now before, before I, I look at this answer here, and, and I, I think this is—I I have to preface this with I wrote a letter to the Lutheran witness— uh, which I think is a very well composed letter, and i 'm hoping they publish it on its literary value alone <laughs> uh, well so what what do you think i mean uh, pastor and I assume by this it means that he is receiving let 's be very precise okay receiving communion from his own hand the body and the blood of Christ under the bread and wine by his own hand <laughs> oh you 're tickled by that, I can see that. <laughs> Oh, that goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, that goes on too long. <laughs> so, what, what, what do you say? What do you say, manly doctor of divinity? Yes,
1: it is perfectly appropriate. Luther talks about this is the way that things should be. It goes back into church history a long way, where the bishop communes himself first, then he communes the deacons, then the congregation. Uh, it is, in my opinion, perfectly acceptable for the pastor to commune from the office to the man. Uh, I explained it to my congregation you, in this way, that even as you like to receive communion from the hand of your pastor, so do I. <laughs> so you are your own pastor. Well, from the office to the man.
0: Do you that's know that, that my pastor that I grew up with, I, I never saw him commune once, that the only time he communed was at pastor's conferences or or the, the uh, monthly Winkle conferences. That, that's the only time... the the, the pastor who baptized and catechized me, ever communed. That's weird. Why? Well, because uh, he would not commune at the hand of a layman. Okay. He felt that was improper, and he would not self-commune, which he felt was improper as well. So the only alternative is to commune at the hand of another pastor, and the only opportunity to do so would be at the pastor's conferences. And this is what Walther says, by the way. If if he will not, or because of conscience, cannot... um, Commune at his own hand, then then he then he would commune at, at pastors' conferences with his fellow pastors a couple times a year. Uh, well, I think the Winkles were monthly, so would oh, be, okay. it'd be so once once a month and then once a year at the at the pastors. Well, I was going to roll
1: out Luther saying that at least you receive the Lord's Supper at least four times a year. I don't even consider you a Christian. Well, so. but
0: that's different rhetorical thing going on there. But here's the thing: see that that's. That's why at a lot of Winkles, especially in Winkles are are monthly pastors meetings, that's why a lot of them traditionally have divine service as part of their meeting. I've always wondered that. I mean, there's a long trip because for many, that was the only opportunity they had to commune. That's weird. Um, now, and, now Walter, and it goes back. It goes back to this communing at your own hand. Did,
1: uh, what, what did Walter say about this?
0: Walter, well, as I as I pointed out, uh, it depends where you read. Uh, it, he, he speaks about it in his pastoral theology. Uh, he speaks about it elsewhere too in 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 his writings on church and ministry. Not in church and ministry though, uh, where he talks about. Uh, he cites Luther, and Luther uh, is very clear in his 1523 uh, service order. Uh, Luther has commentary. In that, along with the reform of of the Latin rite, but but he talks about after the consecration and whatnot that that the presiding minister is to commune himself and then all the others. So it's it's very clear in 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 1523 that Luther envisions uh, that the 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 presider would first commune himself and then. Uh, commune, if he has assistance, commune them and, and, and all the others. So, so no problem with Luther. And, and Walther cites that.
1: I, I actually wrote a paper on this in seminary for one of my historical classes, and I can't remember which writings it was that I cited, but I remember it was sometime within the first four or five centuries where this was addressed to some extent about the order of communing. And like I said, it was understood first the bishop, then the deacons, then the congregation.
0: Right. Um in fact uh, if you, if you look in uh canon the canons of Nicaea uh canon 18 actually speaks about that. I am impressed. Uh well I I mean I, canon 18 did is, you look this up before the show or did, did, did No, you? I looked it up for writing the letter. Uh ah. But I but I've known this. Canon 15 and canon 18 are my two favorite canons of Nicaea. Uh canon 15 pro- prohibits presbyters and bishops from moving and uh, Canon 18 uh, prohibits deacons from communing presbyters hmm. uh, or even sitting with them. Yeah. And, and they say it's contrary to good order. Now, what's interesting is Canon 18, you know, we're not, we're not bound by the canons. The canons are kind of more casuistry, uh, but uh, we do confess the creed. Uh, don't ask me why we're not bound by the canons, but we do bind ourselves to the creed. But uh, we'll just leave it at that. But but uh, canon eighteen is cited favorably by the Augsburg Confession uh, in article twenty four as a witness against the private mass see that 's the issue lurking underneath right. the whole thing, um, but a pastor self communing is not a private mass unless the pastor 's all by himself right I mean their whole point is is that in in the distribution of communion. Because it is a public act, there is one who administers—what do you got going there? Sorry, that was a boo-boo. But, you know, the issue there is, is, is where the sacrament's administered, there's one who is ministering it and one who is receiving it. Otherwise, you don't have—you actually don't have—that's um, e- e, that, that, the nature of, of the church, the nature of a sacrament, is that it is given and received— uh, this idea that the priest alone, or, you know, the, the, the priest monk alone in his cell celebrating the sacrament for another's benefit, uh, that was rejected by the Reformers. But not the, not the idea that the, the presider communes himself, that was actually presupposed. It's been the habit of,
1: of the church for a long time.
0: Isn't now, now reading, reading, on in this, see, reading on in this article, you can see where it crept in. I mean, the article says everything we've said, you know, that, that Luther and the later reformers like Chemnitz all acknowledged that this was the practice. Um, our current altar book in the new hymnal acknowledges—it just repeats Luther. Um, what it says as a rubric is the pastor and those who assist him receive the body and blood of Christ first, the presiding minister communing himself— and his assistants. Uh, then they distribute the body and blood to those who come to receive. So far, so good. But, but see, the article takes a, a, um, takes a, a real turn then. And, and I think it shows how things have gone awry in certain, certain ways of looking at things uh, in our circles. It says, in recent decades, the practice of asking a lay assistant to commune the pastor during the communion service has become widespread. And here's the, here's the kicker. And is considered the preferred option. And without doctrinal objection, has been received well. Um, so now this is this is we're told this is the preferred option. Now it cites Fritz and his uh, pastoral theology, who says, "quote Rather than give communion to himself, which he might legitimately do, of course." Only in the regular church service and not privately. See, we're always... Fritz,
1: so you're on that kind of a first-name basis with Walther?
0: Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and uh, that's John H.C. Ah, Fritz. Ah, uh, not, not Fritzie Walter. For you people from Rio Linda. Um, the pastor should ask the congregation to request a layman to administer the sacrament to him. Now, in this quote, there are some ellipses, and I'm not sure what's in the ellipses, but... Uh, uh, one always has to pry there, but 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 this is quoting Fritz as saying this is the preferred thing is to have some layman commune the pastor. And here's the last paragraph. I want I want to hear what you think about this. So listen carefully now. The the pastor is a member of the congregation that he serves. Yes. Yes. The pastor is a member. He is a Christian and a sinner in need of the sacrament. The sacrament administered according to Christ's institution remains valid and beneficial. We're always worried about validity, always worried, (laughs) Ah. remains valid and beneficial, whether the pastor distributes the elements to himself or whether another Christian, such as a lay assistant chosen to do so, distributes it to him. What do you think of that argument? That the pastor is a member of the congregation, he is a Christian, and a sinner. Therefore, it is preferable for somebody else to commune him rather than he communing himself. Why? I don't think it addresses the question. <laughs>
1: no, it, it's a non sequitur, I think.
0: Uh, I, it, mean, I mean, what, what does one have to do with the other? See, you nailed it. It's about person and office. Yeah. And 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 I think that fails, that switches from office to person. First, we're talking about the office. The office is responsible for administering the sacrament. Um, the person of the pastor is a member of the congregation, a Christian, and a sinner. All true. Right. But it still doesn't speak to why it's preferable for him to receive the sacrament from another than from his own hand. I could think of a good reason.
1: Because we don't do it
0: that way. I mean, I could, I could, I could think of a rationale for doing. Okay, that. what is it? Is is that is that? But it's for the pastor's benefit. It's looking at the pastor as person, that it is better for him to receive the gifts of the gospel externally, as do all his members, right. than for him to basically make the subtle distinction that he is at once pastor and person, or pastor and receiver, giver and receiver. Now. Um, But that's strictly for his benefit. Yeah.
1: But by the same token, I realized that when I commune at my own hand, the gift is not coming from me. It's coming from God to me. And so I I say out loud the same words that I say to everyone else. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ yeah. given for the forgiveness of so all do of I, sin.
0: And I say loud and, enough to be heard. Right. Too.
1: Now, I have seen some pastors who commune themselves, and when they give themselves uh, the communion, they do a real big shtick about just say the word, O Lord, and I will be blah, blah, blah. Oh, so they go yeah, on, yeah, and that's on, a, and on. That's a, and on that's a, and on a traditional and on. prayer. I understand that, but it sets him apart from the congregation, and I, I think that it could give the wrong s- signal to a lot of people. Instead of saying, I'm just one of you, and so I receive communion the same way that you do, with the same words in the same manner.
0: Yeah, see, I think this is where the issue goes, is what does it signal? Because it really is a kind of—whether it, it, wh- you, you commune as a pastor at your own hand or by the hand of a layman, and, and I'm going to emphasize layman here, um, both of those are going to signal something. If you receive the sacrament at the hand of a layman— I think that signals that there's no distinction between a pastor and a layman. I I think it fuzzes the distinction of office. Okay. Um, Whereas if you commune by your own hand, you're reinforcing the notion that though you are a member, Christian, and sinner like everybody else, you are not like everybody else in the sense that you are entrusted with an office. And being entrusted with an office, uh, it's your responsibility to distribute the sacrament.
1: Okay, now let, let me uh, fire this back at what, you. What do you. What do you think of that? I, I agree with what what you're saying there, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm just thinking in response, you might hear something like, well, then uh, when the words of absolution are spoken, then you're absolving yourself, right? Right. And, and the, the answer is yes, but you don't perform private confession and absolution with yourself. Right. You don't put your hand on your own head and say, I forgive but n- you. But
0: nor, nor are we doing a private mass by myself. That's a good point. You know, right. and nor, nor do I baptize myself, nor do I talk to myself. Well, I do talk to myself when I'm writing a sermon, but that's my own insanity. <laughs> uh, but, but even so with preaching, uh, where do you mostly hear the, the gospel? You, you hear the gospel in your own preaching. Yeah, that's true.
1: That's right. I always say I preach, I preach first to myself
0: and right. my congregation. And, and I think it's just simply, the, I think the disadvantage, the personal disadvantage that a pastor has where you have to make that distinction, I think that's just simply an occupational hazard that you have to live with. Hmm. You know, in, in other words, I think there's more to be gained by communing at your own hand and showing people the proper distinction of office and the priesthood of believers than there is in fudging that distinction for the sake of the spiritual benefit of the pastor. You know, I think I think we get too wired sometimes about you know oh what's good for the pastor and a poor pastor. So hey, I mean you know if you're that if you're that weak and vulnerable, don't go into the office yeah because i mean you' you're to you're get the spiritual tar kicked out of you most of the
1: time <laughs> that's true and and not only that, a lot of pastors tend to be so territorial they wouldn't even go to another pastor for support or or anything else so well i of... it, I
0: don't know if that's territorial as insecure well, yeah, I guess I mean, how often do we actually avail ourselves of private confession before a fellow pastor? not often. I mean no. honestly, we don't yeah. we really don't.
1: Not often enough, yeah.
0: And so and and I I don't know our winkle has never succeeded in establishing communion. Yeah, although the need isn't there because all all of our pastors in one way or another commune with their congregations on Sunday. I think Lutherans are most well-positioned to do apologetics. Why is that? Because Christ is at the center of their theology. Ah, okay. And Christ should be at the center of our apologetics as well. We should be doing everything we can to drive people to the cross. So, I mean, really, if you want to debate the existence of God and use the Kalam argument and all that, which I can't even keep track of because it's just over my head, those things are (sighs) worthwhile. But uh, I think it's, after a while, just becomes like an academic exercise. My, my goal, at least, is to remove the one obstacle in that person's way and then take them right to the gospel.
1: I suggested that the Missouri Senate's polity was based off the American polity. Uh, oh, politic. that's a huge
0: mistake, right and, there. No, yeah, and, and Bill wasn't too pleased about that. one. Although either. it bears an eerie resemblance to Rousseau's social contract. Interesting. That is, you know, that that the in a democracy or in any form of government, the the governed uh, basically give up their their common rights to governed to the government. That's Rousseau. Hmm. And and so and so Walters and this this will tweak the ears of. Any i am just seeing if anybody's paying attention out there. No, Walter's übertragungslehre, wow. his his his, his transference Wait, or his conferral, übertragungs uber? u- to give over, to hand over, to confer. I see in my Lehra is doctrine. So in, you,
1: in my broken German, what you're saying is über very no tragos troglodyte, and, and what was the last one?
0: Lara doctrine
1: so it'd be very troglodyte's house, yeah lair, his right lair. Yeah.
0: this is like that's... plugging in a, a phrase in a Google <laughs> translator you know <laughs> um but but uh it, it it bears a striking resemblance Rousseau's social contract is that the authority of the keys, as Walter says, resides with every christian yes uh which uh that's that's tricky business um they, rather than rather than. to, uh, to the church as a whole. I think there's a difference between saying the authority of the keys resides with the church as a whole, not with individual Christians though. You know, I, i've been studying uh, I've been studying uh, policy governance by you know, by John Carver. Yeah, and this kind yeah, of that's stuff. all the crazies days in churches. Uh, is it really? Oh yeah. Oh no, in churches? Yeah, oh yeah. A lot, lot of uh,
1: churches are going to policy based uh,
0: governance. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't thought of it. In those. I, I'm I'm researching it for other purposes. But anyway, the idea is that, like in a board of directors, no director has any authority. It's the board collectively that holds authority. The Borg. Yeah. But anyway, Walther's idea is that the, the Christians each uh, transfer their common rights as, uh, you know, to to their common rights and authorities under the keys to the office of the ministry. See, and that's the thing that gets some some of the High Church Lutherans all wound up. You know, this idea that the authority comes from below or it comes from above, from below, so it become, comes from God through the congregation to the pastor. Which, of course, makes the pastor than the de facto lackey of the
1: congregation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about the way and that's, the and there,
0: That's what she wrote right there. So I don't know. How did we get on to that? Ubertragungsleer. <laughs> you
1: were showing off.
0: When we think about the faithful departed and those who've uh, died uh, and have gone before us, I, I think sometimes our images of those are the, that is a little bit flawed because uh, we tend to we tend to think that we tend to think in terms of they're having the whole cheese now. Uh, you know, I, I just did a did a series of presentations with Jeff Gibbs from the seminary speaking of uh, semprops and uh, he made a really good point you know he said that he said our meta narrative has become truncated now i like that when you when you have a truncated meta narrative you got to really stop and think Is it, about it
1: do you see the proctologist for that or i yeah, you, you,
0: a urologist takes urolog- care of that okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but but no he was talking about the fact that that when somebody dies and we preach a funeral we preach as though um, like they were at the resurrection <clears throat> and so we talk about you know how grandma oh she's with she's she's with grandpa now and they're they're just you know they're 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 playing gin rummy again and, and all of this stuff and and there's no biblical warrant for this whatsoever. No, I always
1: like to talk about Isaiah with the fatted meats and fine wines. They're well, at a party with
0: Jesus. Yeah, but even that even, has no end. But there's no there's no biblical warrant for that. Either. For an
1: introvert like you, that sounds horrible. Yeah, but for me, that's that's awesome. You know, awesome.
0: and and you 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 see that like in in for all the saints, uh, you know, where the line we feebly struggle. Oh, blessed communion, fellowship divine. We feebly struggle. They in glory shine. You know if you look very carefully this this glory is at the end in the resurrection. It's not before and yeah. and that's and that was that was Gibbs' problem and there's a lot of hymns that that are like this uh behold a host arrayed in white uh it, it you know it it basically leaves leaves the notion let's see if I can find so, it really well,
1: i'm I'm confused is, are you talking about like soul sleep or something or what no, are you talking about though
0: here? certainly body sleep you know the the uh, the, the scriptures speak both the, of the dead as both being asleep i mean that's the that's the dominant term for the dead in the New right? Testament those who sleep first Thessalonians four now about those who sleep you know I do not want you to be ignorant he's referring to the isn't, dead isn't and at the same time, paradoxically, they are with the Lord. As right. in, today okay. you are with me in paradise. However... I was worried that I was going to have to find another co-host. Uh, however, in, 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 in the Revelation, when, when John sees the souls of the martyrs under the altar, uh, they are anything but enjoying themselves. In fact, they're crying out for vengeance for their blood, lamenting, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? See, so there's unfinished business. And that, that coincides with the idea that paradise or the bosom of Abraham is not yet the new creation, just okay. as Hades is not yet Gehenna.
1: In the understanding of Kronos, right? Is well, this a chronos-kairos kind of thing, in, isn't no,
0: it? No, see, I got in trouble for invo- invoking that, and, I, and I'm inclined to agree that I should have gotten in trouble for invoking that. Because it, uh, simply on the basis that you, you have this notion that the, the zwischenzeit site, site, you know, the in-between if you time. If you say it in
1: German, it's true.
0: The in-between yeah. time between death and resurrection <laughs> is, is one still of waiting, of, of now and not yet. See, otherwise you make, you make this time irrelevant.
1: And yet the scriptures talk about how we dwell with him in the heavenlies
0: already. By faith, yet. but not in ourselves. That's only in Christ. That's only in Christ. Because Christ embodies us in his humanity.
1: Now, I always understand heaven as the eternity now kind of environment. I have no idea what that means. That there is no concept of time as we know it. I mean, that... It is... It is... That infinite may, and yet
0: all infinitely present. Yeah, that, there's a sense in which that's so, um, but n- not to us.
1: Not to us here on earth right. now,
0: Well, and then until
1: the resurrection. Yeah, right.
0: Not until the resurrection, really. At that point, then, then all bets are off. You've got a new heaven and a new earth and, uh, the, you know, the no sun, no moon, no stars, but light and all of this stuff. You know, Revelation 22. But that is at the end. Um, the the sort of the clincher for that, and think about this. Uh, I think it's let's see. Second, I have to look it up. Second Timothy, um, Paul is facing his death. Now in in Thessalonians, Paul uh, thinks that he's going to be around when Jesus comes, which is the perfect Christian hope. But it turns out not to be the case for Paul. But when when he knows he's facing his impending death, what does he say? Um, he says, let's see. Da, 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 I'm, I'm looking for the. I've kept the faith. There's now laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Yes, here it is. Uh, for I'm already, this is for 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. through 8. For I'm already on the point of being sacrificed. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me when... On the day I die? No. On that day, on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing.
1: So are you saying that when we die, we only ascend to heaven spiritually?
0: Well, only according to our soul. I mean, the definition of being dead is the separation of soul and body. It's kind of like the software being somewhere else and the hardware getting destroyed, But, but not gone yet, just waiting, waiting, waiting. Revelation 20, the souls are under the altar. They are not in a new creation.
1: I'm giving you my scratching the head what look right now.
0: <laughs> Check it out. All right. Check it out. But here's the point. Up- Okay, go ahead. Uh, you Sorry. know, the point is there's not really, there are not two churches, the church militant, the church triumphant, or, you know, visible, invisible, however we want to slice the church. There's only one church, the body of Christ. And, and you know, it's like Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, those who died have died in the Lord, and they come with the Lord. So when the Lord appears on the last day, he brings with him the souls who, of those who have died Raises their bodies, and we all together, whether we're alive on that day or not, are gathered together to be with the Lord in the air, and that's the big day.
1: Yeah.
0: And if we if we preach anything short of that, see, we're preaching short of the resurrection of the body. And what Professor Gibbs meant by a truncated meta narrative is we're we're preaching as though Jesus didn't rise bodily from the dead or ascend bodily to the right hand of the Father. In other words, we're ignoring the body, and you know the ramifications. Yeah, I, I don't ever. Wanna do that. You know the ramifications of that. You know, they yeah, the, end up being Gnostic. In yes, the long that's run. that's right. You yeah. end up oh it's you know, it's really good. He's out of his body now. Yeah. That's
1: dead. Yeah. Well, we heard that one before somewhere. Right. That's yeah, but but see
0: near and dear th- to me that's from where from you this. ascribe to the soul too much too much new creation talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we're still kind of stuck <clears throat> because this heaven this 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 these heavens and this earth still continue. As
1: far as I know, every time that the Bible talks about predestination or election, it's comfort for the believers. Yes, It's not terror for the unbelievers, or it's not also not saying you're better than them because you're elect and they aren't neener, neener, neener. It's saying, hey, you know what? When it all hits the fan, find comfort because God has chosen you. You are a chosen child of the living God. God has predestined you. He's elect you to his kingdom and and so it's comfort. It's gospel comfort. But unfortunately, the way that this plays out too often is uh, an uh, obsession on double predestination arises. And next thing you know, people are clubbing each
0: other with, I'm elect, you're not. All skate. All skate. Remember the parable of the king's son's wedding? <clears throat> so a bunch of people are invited and they got better things to do. They don't show up. So, right. you know, the king says, hell with them. And, uh, then, then he has, he has the, uh, the servants go out and just kind of beat the bushes and, uh, you know, invite the riffraff to come and they come and then he needs more. So he, he actually says, you know, compel them to come in. So don't just invite them and say, if you've got time, why don't you come? But, but just, just hurt them all in here. But you notice, see, then the party's going, the King's looking out and there's a guy there's not wearing the wedding suit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and he gets thrown out. He he gets gets tossed. Find him his, hand and foot yes, and toss him. Outer darkness and gnashing yes. of teeth and this whole thing and. G-nash. But see, there, there's the interesting thing. Someone who is in is out. And, and that's, that's, that's consistent with all the, all the judgment uh, well, And images. all the
1: outsiders are in. All the the outsiders, the riffraff
0: right? are in, and the insiders are out. And, right. and uh, this notion that, that uh, this grace of God is a resistible grace, that, that it is something that God gives us, and he gives us the means to receive it, that is faith. But he forces no one to be saved. So you know God saves into freedom. It's actual it's an actual real freedom. That's also a freedom to refuse. See, but when you You're not wh- free to accept, but you're free to refuse.
1: When you start engaging on this point, two questions come up. Why some and not others? Yeah, so so why do some end up in heaven and not others?
0: Yeah, and it's a two part answer. You know, the, the real question is why why should anyone be saved? Right. And you know, the answer is for Christ's sake. Well, you know, why are why why are some not saved? Their own damn fault. Right. But it's a, it's a that two-part answer. And and they come on different str- they come in different streams. Salvation is entirely God's work. Damnation is entirely man's fault. And God's part in it is to react to our rejection. Like Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh's Pharaoh's heart is hardened not because God said I'm going to harden his heart. But because Pharaoh hardened his heart, and God said, okay, you want a hardened heart? I'll give you a hardened heart. But before (laughs) God ever hardened Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh hardened, you know, his own heart. Right. And the
1: the other side of it is, if grace is rejectable, then you're saved by not rejecting. Therefore, you're an Arminian. Because you're saved by something that you are or aren't doing.
0: Well, you know that's a subtle game. Yeah, okay, so if if if, uh, if if rejection is what gets you out, then you're saved by your non-rejection. That's a not. That's a not work. A not work is not a work. <laughs> okay, that's that's that's. Cle- I'm just telling you the arguments that I've heard. It's clever, but it doesn't fly. Okay, you know if if. Uh, i 'm trying to think of 'm trying to think of an analogy on the fly, and i can 't think of one but that's a that's that's doing nothing is not doing something
1: well you know the <laughs> part of it is if you 've rejected, you really don 't care, so you wouldn't be asking a question like this if you had true you know you just you just wouldn 't give a rip anymore true so you know, true true rejection is apathy toward the death and resurrection of Jesus for you.
0: Yeah, well, it's like saying I don't need that Jesus, I don't need that forgiveness, I don't need that body and blood.
1: I don't care. Go to hell.
0: Yeah. And and yeah, I like Nagel's take on that is is that well, if you want hell badly enough, God will give you hell, but he doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> The people of the day, 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 the people of the
1: day, the people of the 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 day, the people
0: of the day, the people 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 of the, the people of the, 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 the,